Hello everyone, I am Matt Williamson and it is the middle of the week here in the middle of July, officially pretty much the dog days of the season all in all, I mean the downtime, but I appreciate it. a lot of you have reached out to me saying, boy, I've really enjoyed these podcasts, quick, concise, to the point, good topics, even though there's not a lot happening and got another thing to talk about today, a couple things actually, um, Pro Football Focus named three core players for every team in the league. And for the Steelers, they took TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, Deontay Johnson. You're not going to put Cam Hayward on that list because of age. Obviously, you want Pickett to be one of those guys now, immediately, if not sooner, this time next year. Maybe you want Pickens to go past Johnson or Fryermuth even to go past Johnson. Um, I don't see another defensive player. I mean, it'd be really bold to say a guy like Porter would be a more foundational player than Watt or Minka. But here's what they had to say about him. And I have some more Minka stuff to discuss and uh, some more stuff after that, too. We'll just leave it at that. T.J. Watt's injuries caused him to forget how dominant a player he was when healthy. But from 2019 to 2021, he ranked fourth in pass rush win rate and pressure rate to go along with 118 defensive stops. That led the position over a three-year stretch, 19-20-21. He had 118 stops, um, most of any edge player in the whole league. Minka Fitzpatrick's playmaking ability in the deep third has helped cover up deficiencies at the cornerback position for a few years now, and he's coming off a career-best 82.4 overall grade and 83.3 coverage grade in 2022. More about Minka, but I always say he's that great goalie that allows your defenseman to cheat up, and that's true certainly for the cornerback position and everyone in coverage. Deontay Johnson still deals with the occasional drop but they are more than negated by his acrobatic snags and how consistently he creates separation in the intermediate areas of the field. Johnson's 42 missed tackles forced over the past three seasons ranks sixth amongst wide receivers, and he will continue to feast as Pat Fryermuth and George Pickens develop in this offense with quarterback Kenny Pickett. That's the thing I wanted to mention. Like I almost didn't talk about these three, but I thought that nugget was really telling because – Many, many of you, many out there are really critical lately of Deontay Johnson's after the catch abilities. And hey, they're far from perfect. He goes backwards way too much. I think some of the route concepts drift him that way. So it's not all him. And I think he's trying to do too much at times and make everybody miss. But the fact over the last three years, he has 42 missed tackles and only five wide receivers in the entire league. Tyreek Hill, you know, guys like that have more. Just show that something I've been talking about for a while is this guy is a good punt returner. He's elusive. He's good with the ball in his hands. Very good. It That didn't just go away. That's still a facet of Deontay's game that is a plus. It's not a negative to me. So to piggyback off that, one thing we've been talking about a lot is these ESPN position ranks. And since we talked last, the secondary came out, corner and safety. Steelers did not have a corner. I thought Patrick Peterson might get in there as honorable mention, guys receiving votes, especially for his career achievements. And he's coming off of what, a five interception year with the Vikes. So there are still some that think he's an elite dude. I got no problem with him being off the list though. Safeties, however, Minka is number one. 
and he would be my number one. Totally unbiased. Their number two is Derwin James, and I think these two aren't quite Troy and Ed Reed, but it's a real feel that way, you know, kind of the reverse version where the Steelers, the true free safety, you know, he's the Ed Reed version of this of this era, and I think Derwin James is the Troy Polamalu version. He needs to stay healthy in L.A., but he has game-changing rare abilities, and he's really the only safety that I would say, I understand if you put him ahead of Minka. Like, they have Justin Simmons, three, Buda Baker, four, Javon Holland, five. Good players. None are Minka, no, none are Derwin. No, those two influence the game much more than any other safety out there in a sort of Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu-like manner. So, here is what the personnel directors and all the people that Jeremy um, asked about with Minka – his highest ranking was one. Someone had him ranked as low as five, which I don't understand. Last year, he was number two overall on this list. Fitzpatrick is back on top after perhaps his most dominant season as a pro. Once again, rewarding Pittsburgh for a stellar trade it made with Miami four years ago. His 28.2 ball hawk rate led the NFL with 11 pass breakups and six interceptions on 39 targets as the nearest defender. That's pretty impressive. I mean... He's the nearest defender on a target on just 39 throws all year, picks off six of them and breaks up 11 more. That's bonkers. Um, his ball tracking skills are so good that he can intercept the pass and sell hot dogs at Gate B at AccuSure Stadium on the same play. Yeah, maybe try not to be funny. But this I liked. This is what an NFL personnel director said. Best in the game, and it's not close. You have to keep him moving because if he's stationary, coordinators can plan for him. But every single play, there's a feeling of where is he going to be post, slot, nickel, box. He's capable, willing, and able to handle all of that. He's brilliant, works, studies, loves the game. And that last part I want to just reiterate, just from being down without you know divulging too many secrets of minicamp and those type of things, Minka really stands out. Work ethic. Quiet leadership, but leadership nonetheless. I don't even know if I'd say quiet. That's probably unfair. Maybe this doesn't get the credit of like a Cam Hayward leader-wise, but very respected. Extremely Alabama competitive, which I couldn't mean is as big a compliment as you can give, especially a secondary with Saban and all that. But he's very impressive just to see him going about his business, working after practice, putting in the time. All that stuff is... A-plus level to me. So we're going to take a quick break, be back in a moment with something totally different about the Steelers, but I thought it was interesting as well, something I heard yesterday. All right, we are back. And as you know, as I've been telling you, tons of change around the NFL from this year to last. Half of the league, 16 teams, have a new offensive play caller, whether it's the, you know, Mike McCarthy taking over for an offensive coordinator. It doesn't mean they hired somebody new, but there's 16 new play callers out of 32 teams. And I know you guys probably wish it was 17. <laughs> and I get it. Trust me. I absolutely get it. 
But just to show the lack of stability, to take that a step further, this isn't genius math here, but on opening day last year, there were 32 starting quarterbacks, and that will be true again this year. Thanks, Matt. No kidding. So of those 32, like Jacoby Brissett was one. Mitch Trubisky was one. You know, who were the 32 that opened with their team? 14 teams are projected to have a different starting quarterback. Like, I'm counting Aaron Rodgers. He's not going to be the Packers starting quarterback, but he's going to be a new one for the Jets. So that's chalk went up to the Packers, chalk went up to the Jets. Same with Raiders and Saints with Carr going from there. Steelers are going to have a new starting quarterback. Now, it's only July, and again, knock on wood, one of these quarterbacks could go down or lose their job. So maybe it's 13, you know, if by chance Pickett would get hurt and Trubisky has to start again, but projected. So when you think about that, you have 16 new play callers, 14 new quarterbacks, and the Steelers are one of those 14. But in terms of continuity around the league, they still have a pretty good continuity because Pickett was with the team, learning, took over midseason. It's a much different case than throwing Carr in New Orleans or let alone one of the early picks going to be a starter in Houston, Carolina, Indianapolis, etc. So I think that coordinator or play caller, quarterback familiarity is actually a plus for the Steelers, even though they're one of the rare teams, well, not rare, but they're one of the teams of the 14 new opening day quarterbacks. And what I need to do, and I probably should have done it before the podcast, but I bet the number's about eight of teams, and the Steelers don't quite qualify, but had the same starting quarterback and the same play caller on opening day last year and opening day this year. And one thing that does come to mind, though, is all the AFC champion teams, the teams that won their division, are one of them. Of course, Mahomes and Reed. Of course, in Jacksonville, Lawrence is returning, second-year head coach who's offensive-minded. Uh, Dorsey's the coordinator again in Buffalo. He was new last year, Josh Allen. And Cincinnati with Burrow. So the four, I don't call them the powerhouses, but the four champs of their respective divisions are make up a pow of that. I don't think it's coincidence. You know what I mean? Like maybe a year from now, and of course I'm giving Matt Canada the benefit of the doubt, we might be saying Steelers won the division and they're returning a third-year quarterback with his same play caller and there's that familiarity. Now, I don't think the Steelers are as good as the Bengals, Bills, especially the Chiefs, maybe the Jags, but that's the kind of company you want to keep in these conversations is all I'm saying. You know, just that offensive continuity of two of, or if not the most important people in an offense, the play caller and quarterback. Steelers are one of the few teams in the league that have it is my only point. So... Thanks again. Talk to you tomorrow over and out. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.